Here we are. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, caught you off guard, didn't I? You didn't I know. It was a countdown, and I still missed it. I'm like, sorry. No, that music is so hypnotic. That music, it was. The, the countdown music starts coming out. Like, <laughs> Next thing you know, you're like asleep yeah. on the mic, <laughs> snoring into the mic. Uh, uh, I was close. As we have opened all our recent shows, live streams, we opened to the sound of my three-and-a-half-year-old son screaming on the other side of the door. As our great wise idea was to put a studio where we record sounds and video next to a three-and-a-half-year-old's room. That's a bright idea. <laughs> well, he, was, uh, he wasn't even born yet when I, when I actually decided this room was going to be the studio or we decided this room was going to be the studio. So that was kind of something that came along later. But yeah, if you hear a screaming coming from back the background, that's what's happening. He's going to it's, it's It's bedtime and he's not happy. Well, if I was at my house, it'd be my dogs. So <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah. So like my dog, my dog personally would probably just jump up on me and not give a shit about, <laughs> you know, anything just, that I was doing. Just turn, it would, they would turn into like pup, puppy bowl. 27 or something right here on the spot yeah i mean she she is a fat puppy but she's still cute so it's still, it's still work it would actually probably be good for for our numbers our views dogs <laughs> and kids actually are really good for, for the views all right we got 141st episode i'm super excited because i have a returning guest and this guy, I don't know who this guy is. He's just kind of hanging out over here. How did, <laughs> how did you get on the live stream? No, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll go ahead and hit this Coming first. Coming up on Thunder Pop. Coming up on this episode, the one and only filmmaker, director, director of cinematography, director of movie, director of film, director of commercials, director of viral videos, Maybe director of other things I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll Hope see. Not. We'll get we'll get into that and find out <laughs> this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about movie making in a pandemic and what that's been like for the past year because now we've had almost a year of it. So he has a lot of background on it now. You could call yourself an expert. Oh boy, he's really screaming tonight. I hear him over there. I just run with it. It's happening. Just acknowledge it. It's going on. He's eventually going to settle down and, and go to sleep. So it's become a part of the show. <laughs> I did finally get the lock on the door, though, so we don't get any barging in in the middle of the show. There you go. Until Something works. Yeah, until he's like 13 and he can kick the door down. <laughs> and then it's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we, we're going to talk about movie making during the pandemic. We're going to talk about Justin's new project. And his new project is actually right where he's sitting uh, mm -hmm. It's a it's a co working space for creatives, uh, yeah. so we're gonna, we're talk about that. We're going to talk about what he's been working on during the pandemic. What's coming up in twenty twenty one? Got some cool questions for him. I think they're cool questions. We'll let the cool crowd decide if they're cool questions or not. Uh, we're going to talk about queso on my mask the other day as I was going around uh, running errands. I was <laughs> running around with my mask on and I had queso all over it, and I just let it go because I don't care anymore. It's been three hundred and something days into a pandemic, and I just don't care anymore. <laughs> so we're talk about that. We're going to talk about. Um, oh my gosh, blinking out here. We're going to talk about my why I'm blinking out. Do I need to go to a hospital? What's going on with me? No, it's it's a, after a week of what we had here at Austin last week with the blizzard. It was it was quite a quite an experience. So I think I'm still hungover from that, as I'm sure Justin is as well. Uh, we had the snowpocalypse of 2021. 
Uh, oh, the Thunder Take to start the show. The Thunder Take, we're going to talk about, the, we're going to ask the question that's being asked all over the web now. It's, it's People are starting to talk. Is HBO Max already better than Netflix? And if the answer to that question is yes, is Netflix in trouble? Because the other streaming services are coming. They're coming fast and they're coming furious. Disney Plus is not sleeping either. They're right there, right on the tail of Netflix. And you could say, actually, they've passed Netflix in some ways. So that's going to be our question in the Thunder Tag. Of course, we're going to talk to Justin, see what he's been up to, and all that stuff that we mentioned. Our usual tropes, agree or, agree or disagree, thoughts and advice. And hopefully me not blanking out too much more, because then I'm going to go to a doctor. <laughs> uh, we got the soundboard. And this is for Justin. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. We're going to go ahead and roll in the uh, opening, and let's get into it. Okay, I lied. Yeah, great intro, man. That was was great. Oh, what what podcast am I on right now? (laughs) I'm sure you get to ask that all the time. It's uh, yeah, I've got, I've gotten, I've had many questions about what podcast are we on. Is this, is this the? uh, what show is this? <laughs> Had someone came on one time thought the show was called Thunder Poop. It's pretty close. Yeah. It's, we it's actually we have a the uh the branding for that too. If we wanted to go go that <laughs> go that route. It'd be like <laughs> a a deep that would be like deep web, you know. <laughs> Thunder you Pop. It's very that. deep yeah, web the, podcast. The deep web version. <laughs> you can see the little, I had a little poop, uh, thumbs up poop on the top corner there for Thunder Poop. For those, that would have been the logo had this show been called Thunder Poop. <laughs> Considered it at one point rebranding, though. I like the idea so much. Love how it's only on my side of the screen, too. <laughs> you get the, yeah, you get the, the stench of the poop on your side over there. Justin, Justin Kirkhoff, and I know last time you were here, I kept saying Kirchhoff, and it's actually Kirchhoff. Hey, that's it, Kirchhoff. Yeah, it's Kirchhoff. But I had to, I had to train myself, <laughs> and I I prepared by making a song because I believe when you need to learn something, I learn with music. So here it is. <laughs> oh, not quite that one. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kirk, Kirk, Kirchhoff. Never Kirk off. Kirch, Kirch, Kirchhoff. <laughs> Make a movie. Bust out the red camera. Make a movie. Kirch, Kirch, <laughs> Kirch off. Never Kirk off. Kirch, Kirch, Kirch off. Kirch off, Kirch off. There you go. So, uh, I want that to be my ringtone now. That's your. <laughs> I got to do that one more time. Just to, I got to get an encore of this. Yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk, Kirch off. Hmm. Never Kirk off. Kirch, Kirch, Kirch off. Make a movie. Bust out the red camera. Make yeah, I gotta movie. go. Kirch, Kirch, mm. Kirch off. Mm. Never Kirk mm. off. <laughs> Kirch, Kirch, Kirch off. Kirch off. off. Man, what do you think? Do you think I should just quit everything I'm doing and start a career as a rap, as a freestyle rap artist? 
Am I the next eight mile? The Austin, Texas, Austin, Texas version. You're the Lamar Boulevard. <laughs> Lamar, yeah. Should we? Should we? Should we? You're the man shaka. <laughs> should I hire you right now to shoot a, a big budget music video for my first album? <laughs> yeah, man. Maybe we can get uh, the fans to support it. You know, by uh, Patreon or something. We do a pay. I think we're gonna pay, and that's that might be my first single. <laughs> I mean, I. That could be the that could be the single there. <laughs> the one that really, you know, that I would think you'd have to be in the video. You would have to be in the video. You wouldn't be behind the camera. You would actually have to be no, just hold the camera like this, you know. Yeah, you could do it. It would be perfect. <laughs> to have you actually just, you know, right there with me just but also filming at the same time kind of a selfie movie. Uh I, I like it. I like it. I'm happy to have you here, Justin, and I'm really excited because we got a fun show planned, or at least fun for me. I'll have a good time. No, I'm definitely having a good time already. So this is this is the highlight of my day. You don't know what kind of day I had. So this is great. This is really great. You were telling me a little bit about it at the beginning of the show, and just a hint, spoiler alert for the uh, audience. There was some a uh, little bit of work to get things kind of put back together after that week we had last week here in Austin with the uh, the snowpocalypse. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, a lot of electronics uh, took a dive in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, tech support really helped today. But um, having what we have behind me is a lot of a lot of work. And uh, you know, we we kind of knew what we were getting into <laughs> when we got it. But uh, you know, there's always surprises. So. It's funny. It's kind of like the spider. I was watching. I I did a podcast a few weeks a few weeks ago. A little plug for Kevin Armstrong um, over in. He's either in North or South Carolina. North Carolina, but I mean, if I'm wrong about that, Kevin, let me know. If it's South, I apologize. <laughs> he has a podcast called the Movie Battle Podcast, and I was on there a few weeks ago. And I, you go on and you debate with someone on two. There's two movies that are put against each other, and so we did a Spider-Man theme. I was debating. Uh, I was 2002 Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. First is the Andrew Gar Garfield, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, and I, I was lucky because mm -hmm. I had the Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, which was easy to to bout for, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, so I was lucky that that was what I wanted, and I was lucky that I got it. But um, yeah, we were on there talking Spider-Man, and and when I, w I went back and watched the movie because I hadn't watched that particular version of Spider-Man in a number of years, so I went back and watched it, and I'm like, oh, that quote, of course, that his uncle with great uh, responsibility or with great power comes great responsibility, something like that. That's, that's your situation right now with what you're dealing with over there. Uh, you think, I, I don't know. I mean, kinda, we are, uh, it's official and we, we know this through the Austin film commission, but we're the only ones in Austin that have this technology right now. I'd wanted that. And that was the one thing I was going to ask you is now, would you also be the only ones in the state or just the only ones in Austin? Um, in Austin, for sure. I'm not, a, I'm not a hundred percent certain about other cities here. Um, I want to say Dallas probably has one, mm -hmm. um, out of all the other markets, they'd seem like the one that would have one. Um, right, sure. but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's tough to tell because there's a lot of entities out there that could own something like this. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to make as big of a splash as possible so we can get people in here and experience um, what it's like shooting on the screen. I mean, obviously I, I'm about to get hit by a subway train, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. 
what Justin's referring to is he's got the LED, they call it LED volume. It's one term for it. But basically, it's a technology that was used on The Mandalorian. And they're the first show, at least that I'm aware of, maybe the first show that used that. But basically, uh, yeah, first show to do it. But uh, yeah, John Favreau, um, he's been working with this tech for probably six or seven years now. Because he, he he did some of it on the Jungle Book, and then he did oh, more wow. of it okay. on uh, on Lion King. It was more virtual production; it wasn't the volume. Mm-hmm. But when he understood what he could do with all that uh, technology, he's like, "Well, how about instead of a green screen, you know, we build this out and and actually have LED screens that are the environment?" And it was, I mean, it was genius. It really was. Wow. So. A lot of people following in his footsteps for sure. And what this is, is basically this is a replacement for the green screen. That's been the staple in technology of movies, uh, special effects in movies for so many years prior to that blue screen for so many years and blue screen's still around. We still use Mm -hmm. it. If we have the actors wearing a green shirt, obviously we're going to have a, we're going to have blue screen, but yeah, green screen, uh, and green screen so is used so much now. It's on apps. It's everywhere. But this LED replaces green screen. It allows for people that might not be uh, as well read or aware of what this does. Is it allows for you to project the setting you need behind you, and and replacing actually having a green screen. Where you go back to like years ago when there was Attack of the Clones. There were so many scenes that were they were green screened. And then later, everything was put in later. The actors had to act off of and pretend. And mm-hmm. still to this day, when we looked at the Avengers Endgame behind the scenes and all the green, the green screen soundstage they're on, the actors are working off of basically a green wall. Yeah, uh, we see something different that's that's awesome and dy- and dynamic. But the actors are looking at a green wall, and so it really, really, the best acting has to come in these movies to be able to work off of and pretend that something is there. That's not something pretending something is there when it's not. But now this allows for the projection of whatever it is you need in the background. If you want to be in a desert, you could be in a desert. You said a subway, but yeah, so this is, this is amazing. Mandalorian, John Favreau, one of the innovators of it. And you possibly one of the only few people in the state of Texas that has it also, maybe even in the country. Like as far as non-studio, like a, a major studios, of course, are all going to have it. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, Netflix and Amazon—they're building their own volumes right now too, because they're trying to follow in the paces of Disney. Um, yeah. which is yeah. which is hard when you know because I mean they all equally have a lot of money, but Netflix right. is kind of on the lower end of the totem pole. That yeah. and um, Disney's very f- beyond a lot of people in terms of. Uh, of course the content they're producing because of all the right. Marvel stuff they're doing, but uh, the technology itself. So uh, yeah, I mean, I know I, I do know of um, some of the larger markets like Chicago, Atlanta, LA, of course, New York, they all have volumes of certain sizes, but um, what we're doing a little bit different here is, uh, you know, co-production house. We are, we do offer production services, uh, video production services and film production services, but really the difference is that we have a co-working entity that's right attached to the studio. So right next door to my right, we have um, desks for members. And um, what's great about that is that, you know, if, if you're one of the lucky few that can grab a desk, you know, you earn credits to using the studio for free. 
Um, you know, it's like we're practically giving it away at that point. But, um, you know, a lot of these other companies that have the volume, they're just larger, um, you know, production companies, much larger than in anybody here in Austin. You know, they're, we're talking about, they're pretty much agencies at that point. They have mm -hmm. like 40 or 50 people working there. So they, they have budgets that they can buy the stuff with. Um, yeah. Cause it's expensive. <laughs> it's very, very expensive. We, uh, we lucked out in, in multiple ways, but, uh, you know, I, I was able to sell my house. Um, I mean, that's how we, that's how we did this really. Wow. Um, on top of, you know, having a lot of generous, um, a lot of generous investors as well. So. Wow. You've always been, you, this is on brand for you. Cause you were one of the first people, the red camera. Mm-hmm. We talked about that last time you came on and what your yeah. reasoning reasoning was. You went for it. You just went for it. It paid off big time having that and learning that technology early on when it kind of being an early adapter to it, much the way John Favreau was an early adapter to this technology that you're sitting in front of. Yeah. You were with the red and now you're doing it again. You're doing it again yeah. with this, with this, uh, with this LED screen. Yeah, go get, big or go home, you know? <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. Uh, I can't, I'm going to, I can't wait to get, I want to get an LED screen. That's so so awesome. <laughs> have one of those. Um, so we're, we're going to get in. We'll do it. But help you, have you maybe show us a little bit of that. I'm very excited about it. I've been looking forward to seeing it, and, and that was uh, it was awesome that you're you're actually sitting in front of it. Uh, we're going to go. And this is a good segue because you were talking about Netflix, Amazon Prime, the the Joneses keeping up with the Joneses of live streaming. That just happens happens to be our thunder take today is a question that's been coming up. We'll hit this. A popcorn sound. And we're going to talk about an article that came up, and it's been actually a few people that have run with this story lately on is Netflix better? Is, is, is HBO Max already better than Netflix? That's a, and I'll, I'll pull up the specific article that I, one of the articles actually, we can do a, bring that in and then I'll, uh, Go to our proper background here, and we can look at this. Okay, great. So yeah, here it is. This is the article? Sorry, Netflix, HBO Max is the best streaming service now, and here is why. Now, this was not the only person that ran with this this story. This has been in uh, two or three, or handful, or at least a handful of people have wrote about this in the last week. Uh, this is by Kelly Wu. It's coming from uh, this TomsGuide.com news news page mm. so i want to talk to you um as a creator of content and as a consumer of content mm. what's your feeling on this as far as you know hbo max and the argument that is on the, in this article and then also it was a trending argument in multiple articles was that hbo warner brothers has access to such a a, a large library of movies and tv yeah. shows and continue mm. to make acquisitions outside of their own library with a with a lofty library already going into the introduction of their streaming service, having also the DC properties and all the other stuff that comes with Warner Brothers, mm -hmm. it makes them very much a formidable formidable foe to Netflix. Now we already know Disney Plus, obviously a formidable foe, but Warner, but HBO Max kind of sneaking up on people because a lot of the articles that I read said, you know, when you go in and start to look at their library. They have more bingeable shows right now 
already than Netflix and more like recognizable movies in their movie library. So what do you think about this? Is this, is this, uh, is HBO max better than Netflix already? Oh man, that's I, to me, it's not an easy answer because I mean, you, you brought up, um, of course, Warner brothers and their library is huge and they have a lot of great movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no doubt they have a lot of great movies. Um, Netflix, I think they, you know, there, there was a, um, interview with Reed Hastings years ago when they first started streaming, where he said that they have to become HBO before HBO comes Netflix. And, um, you know, what he meant by that at the time, I think was that, uh, like they wanted to get more content out there and it wasn't necessarily having quality content. He, he knew that was going to become important, you know, after a while, but having content in general, was the more important thing at the time. And this was what five years ago when Netflix was really taking off. And, um, you know, it was only a matter of HBO once AT&T bought HBO uh, game over. They have, they have too much money. You know, they're, they're definitely Netflix is maybe a contender on some levels, but it's, it's more so HBO max and Disney at this point that are fighting tooth and nail. Um, that's how I feel about that. Is Netflix going to make it? Cause Netflix was the, I mean, you could say Netflix was the MySpace of streaming services. And then if that's, <laughs> is Disney plus the Facebook. I mean, are they going to make it? Do you think long-term? Um, they will, if they make better content, you know yeah. what they've been doing a lot, a lot more lately is, uh, yeah, just producing better movies. Um, you know, the, yeah, they have some flagship shows, which are, which are really good. Uh, yeah. Ozark is like their main one. That's killing it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't actually have this goes to show. I haven't watched Netflix in a long time, but that was like, that was my favorite so far in, Mm -hmm. in probably a couple years. And that's one of the best shows on TV, uh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, once they start making better movies, you know, because that's that's the one thing yeah. HBO's content has always been superb, always like, for you. Uh, even even if it's bad, it's good. You know, um, like a, ba- a bad level for HBO is uh, is probably the best that Netflix has ever had. That's, I mean, I, I complete. I know that's like a strong statement, but that's how I feel about that. They do have Cobra Kai. That was an acquisition. That wasn't even a Netflix produced show originally. Yeah, that was YouTube, right? YouTube was making that. I YouTube. Think. Uh, it, was, it was on YouTube Red, which always sounded like a porn site name. It was bad branding. <laughs> they, they finally caught it and they rebranded to YouTube Premium, uh, which was better. Um, there's a lot of streaming now. I mean, there's Paramount, uh, CBS. All I thought the weakest of all of them was CBS All Access, but I don't think they're the weakest now, especially after the rebranding. I think is added a little more prestige with going with Paramount Plus. I like the Paramount Plus better. I think that's going to boost them. I remember when they first launched CBS All Access. Uh, one of my friends on Facebook, a good buddy of mine, he said, "I am not paying for goddamn CBS." Yeah, no one is. And that's and that's yeah, nobody was. And and that was the problem with the branding of it using CBS. There was no prestige there. It just felt like, wait a minute, I used to get I used to be able to go to like on the CBS.com website and watch a lot of these shows for free without yeah. paying five or six bucks that they're charging now. Yeah, you know, the the biggest thing that jumped 
out at me about the CBS All Access. The the best thing that I thought they were doing was bringing back uh, Star Trek. Yeah. TNG because the yeah. way they shot that was so good. I mean, it was very much. Yeah. It, they they went all out. I don't. I forgot who shot it, but it looks beautiful and it was very different. You know, and that was yeah. the thing. It, it didn't look like all the other formulaic crap that CBS had put out. Um, so I completely agree, you know, like, and CBS is pretty much known to be like a, a older demographic right. would be watching whatever content they have, you know, yeah. for years, they've always felt that way. Even yeah. back like in the, when I was a kid, it was murder. She wrote 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. my point. You know, it's like you're retired. You, you watch CBS for two hours and you pass out at six o'clock at night, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. And you always had, you know, Dan, you had Dan rather the CBS evening news. It was always yeah. felt like the old like channel that your grandparents watched. Mm -hmm. You usually only had it on when you were at your grandparents' house. That's for me, how CBS felt. So again, that was also an Achilles heel for me and branding a streaming service mm -hmm. that you're trying to appeal to, uh, you know, uh, and compete with Netflix. So I wonder, are all these streaming services going to be able to survive? No, not at all. I don't I think mean, they're, so. They're going to learn their lesson. I mean, I think the biggest, if they could figure out a better licensing model for all their, um, you know, all their content, then we wouldn't have this issue. So it's kind of like cable wars again, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, we knew this was going to happen. Everyone it's knew just, this was going to yeah. happen, but uh, yeah, it's just like license it, man. Like, NBC, before they had Peacock, they should have just kept The Office on Netflix because everyone was watching it. And like, oh, listen, yeah. like, listen, man, like if everyone's watching it, then you put it at a premium to license it. Like it's not rocket science. I don't wow. understand why they were having issues with that. But, um, you know, they they just thought they had a lot more assets that they can make money off of. And I think the the biggest thing is like they they make more money off advertising than they do the actual shows. So mm -hmm. that's why they built their own platform. Yeah, it's almost like we've just kind of gone and and like we're we're going back to like you said we've gone back to cable because back around two thousand eight it was real trendy to cut the cable. Mm -hmm. We could pay one price for Netflix, which is like a low price in, in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. We were paying like ten bucks for Netflix. Yeah, it was cheap. Nine dollars, and you had all these shows. They had all these shows on there. I was loaded. You could get you the the HD antenna, put that on your TV. And if you wanted to save money, you could just pay for internet, and you could have Netflix, and it would be much cheaper than having a full cable. You didn't care about sports. Mm -hmm. That was enough. You could have plenty of content. But now, then, once Disney saw, hey, you're making a lot of money. I kind of compare it to barbecue for us in Texas. Franklin's barbecue was has been, was killing it in Austin for barbecue. People and then these other guys, you know, like Black's Barbecue. People in Austin will get this in Texas. People in Texas will get this, but people like Black's Barbecue out in Lockhart and uh, the uh, another one, whatever the other Lockhart barbecue place, Southside uh, in Elgin. They were oh, like, yeah. wait, wait a minute, this dude just kind of came out of nowhere. Uh -huh. And he's got lines of people. President Obama is going. Kanye's in line at, at Franklin's. He's got a show now on PBS. I've been doing this. I've been busting my ass making barbecue uh -huh. for like 40 years. And this young buck comes around. So then everybody else started coming in, swooping in and opening yep. locations in Austin. Once yeah. they saw the potential of having a, a barbecue establishment in the city.
within the city of Austin. That's like well, Netflix. Disney saw how much they were making money on how many how much money they were making and how many subscriptions they were getting. Yeah, you know, I, I think Aaron Franklin actually had he had a really great idea when he started, and he made it exclusive. You know, if you didn't get there by a certain time, yeah, that you wouldn't get any meat. You know, where if you went to any of these other places, if you go all the way out to Elgin and go to Southside, they're open all day. You know, they have endless yeah. amounts of meat. Yeah. And like, I mean, I've I've had Franklin's barbecue and I've had their brisket. It is it is really good. Completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all these other guys are finally stepping up because Elgin sausage, you can't beat it. You know, they have the oh. best sausage in town. Yeah. And there's actually um, you have smaller uh, barbecue food trucks now that are like making tremendous barbecues. Like where the, where the hell are they making this? Like, it tastes so good. Is this just sitting in a dish? Like, like for like a week in the back of a, of a truck? I don't know, but it tastes good. So. And I have many of these places to thank for my double chin that I've acquired during, during, <laughs> during the last year uh, and during the pandemic. And uh, it's the reason why I've been sporting a, a, a neck beard quite a bit to hide it to hide it I've, I've really become a big fan of the neck beard uh, so don't hate on the neck beard okay so uh we'll talk to you about what you've been speaking of the pandemic and covid and uh last year and now it seems like it's become sort of just sort of like everyday life where like months ago it was sort of like it was a new thing you as a filmmaker how is it how, I, know, I know you were probably initially were shut down a little bit, and then you got back to work pretty quick. How is it going? Uh, it's still, well, it's, you know, it's not, I can't say it's slow now because um, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to be pretty busy again, which was That's the good. case right around this time last year. So I'll, I'll give you a, as quick as a rundown as I can on this. But last year um, started off really well. It, was, it felt like it was going to be my best year yet. Um, I have a colleague of mine, uh, hired me to help him, um, run a, uh, a wheel of fortune was coming into town. Let's just say that. And I was going to work on the show. Um, I was the production coordinator pretty much. I was bringing all the pieces together, f preparing ourselves for the entire show to be here. It's going to be huge. You know, they're going to spend millions of dollars here. And, uh, you know, when, um, when we were through the course of uh, January through pretty much until the first week of March, we were working on that, um, you know, working 40 hours a week, just trying to piece okay. together this. And, uh, you know, then we got the call right bef the day before they were supposed to be here. We got the call saying that, Hey, you know, this COVID stuff we're we don't want to be liable for any of our crew members, even though they were just going to be here for a location scout. So it's like, we got to cancel it. We'll postpone it until further notice. Well, then obviously the show never happened. We were going to shoot last May and you know, we all know what happened. Mm -hmm. um, so when that was going on, I also landed a gig to direct a commercial down in Mississippi for yeah. a, a regional bank. And uh, that one we, we pulled off. It was the same week. <laughs> that Wheel of Fortune canceled like two days later, I flew to Mississippi to direct this commercial and we were as safe as we could be. You know, no one really knew anything about COVID back in early March. You know, we didn't know how it was transmitted, nothing. And uh, luckily no one got um, sick, which was excellent, of course. 
Um, and then there's a few other projects uh, right after that that were going to happen for South by Southwest. And, mm. um, you know, like HBO is one of my clients, not that I was, I was just talking well about them, but I mean, let's be honest, they are ahead of the game right now, but, uh, no, they, um, I had like two or three different shoots set up for them, uh, during South by and they canceled too. <laughs> so yeah. the only thing that I, I came out of, uh, you know, feeling good about was, uh, the commercial, which they just finished like, couple weeks ago because the bank was sitting on that stuff because they're like we don't know how to release this because when we shot it no one was wearing a mask and it's about you know these characters that come into the bank so it's been a complete mess in terms of you know uh things that were already shot and how how to market them correctly now without having to reshoot it spending a lot more money to fix it and then trying to figure out uh safe ways to have you know um cast and crew on set without being in contact or getting sick so it's it's been huge and you know the one of our solutions last year my business partner christina had a shoot with a uh just a local uh company called uh texas casa and they had a um it it was a small video project in but they wanted interaction between all these actors and we had to do this on green screen. It was the only way that we could do it because I, I told them, I was like, well, you know, if we just shoot one person at a time, you know, uh, obviously we could just layer people in like you normally would with a green screen, just put a bunch of layers in and then we'll match the sight lines. Mm -hmm. So um, we did that and it worked great. You know, we had three actors in the studio, but they're all standing about 20 feet away from each other just so we can match sight lines and Mm -hmm. uh it worked but um you know that's we had to get really creative you know the the more creative part of the videos ended up being how safe can we get rather than oh you know what's the story that we're telling so it it, it's been interesting a lot of it's been more post-production this year or this past year than as anything else yeah i can only imagine and you go, you talk about that and how y'all are getting more creative. That's going on all over the industry. People having, I mean, they're filming a new Spider-Man movie right now. I believe in, well, I know, I know the Thor, new Thor movies filming in Australia. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I think is filming in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Spider-Man three. And, uh, they're used to having, you know, if these movies like these big budget blockbuster movies are used to having huge, huge crowd scenes. Yeah. There's at least one, if not a handful, huge crowd scenes in a big budget superhero or action movie. So those, you know, are going to be done a lot differently than they've been done in the past. They're especially hard. I'm sure they're, they're trying to use their own creativity and resourcefulness, but we're probably going to see them having to do a lot more post-production to maybe fill in some extras that were socially distanced, six feet apart, putting in people in, you know, CGI people in the middle there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you as a filmmaker, you're going to be looking really closely at some of that stuff. Uh, going forward, you know, like productions that were already that were done during Stranger Things started off before the pandemic and then finished up production during the pandemic. And I'm sure there'll be some things we'll all be looking at kind of like saying, oh, yeah, I bet they did this because of this reason, because they had to. Yeah, a lot of creative choices. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do all that. I mean, I, I'm sure um They'll probably have like simulated crowds. I mean, because it's a Spider-Man movie. I mean, you're in New York, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. or I, what was the what was the new name of the third film? 
They just, oh yeah, it just announced it's uh, uh, it's uh, home. No way, um, no way home. No or? way home. So no way home, yeah. th- does he get back to New York? I don't know, but I imagine that like he's gonna try to save a you know a bunch of people's lives. So you know how do they do that? Um, I I bet I could figure it out after I watch the film, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean a lot of crowd scenes will just have to be simulated if we want to show people walking up and down like streets or in a park or it's the only way that you can do it safely right now. Yeah. There's some movies that are more sci-fi that are easier to do because everybody like they're, you know, everything's CGI or a lot of it's CGI or they're using practical effects, but it's a lot easier than doing something that's more real world. Right. On on a New York street and you have to make it look somewhat realistic uh, as, as you really are on New York street. I have a, uh, in a degree disagree. I'll have another question for you related to this that kind of plays off of this, what we're talking about with, with the, uh, the pandemic and how it's affecting shows and whatnot. Okay. Um, so I wanted to, Oh, I wanted to ask you about this and I'll pull this, this picture up. Oh, no. You worked with, you did, you, there, ah, yeah. you filmed the Fonz. <laughs> I did an interview with the Fonz. Yeah. Henry Winkler. This uh, it was 2019 South by the, this last South by Southwest 2019. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, because that's when they did the big Game of Thrones activation, too. Yeah. The last season, yeah. Now, Henry Winkler, uh, a part of, like, three of my favorite all-time shows, he's played three of the most lovable characters in television history. Of course, most people will recognize him from, from the Fonz, but most recently, I'm a huge fan. There's five shows I love right now. Actually, probably six shows that I love. Everything else I like. But there's six shows that I'm absolutely in love with. You mentioned Ozark. Also, for me, I'm you know being a big, huge Star Wars nerd, Mandalorian. Uh huh. Love me some Cobra Kai. <laughs> also, Stranger Things. Barry. Barry, so good. Love the show Barry, and it's a, so such good. a you know you it's such a page turner. You watch like. I'll binge a season of it and I just can't wait to get to like the next episode to see what, like, so I can't stop watching it once I start watching it. Yeah. It really is the Lay's potato chips, chips of TV, a street of uh, TV content, but I love the show. Henry Winkler, part of that show, by the way, um, I don't want to spoil it for people that maybe they haven't seen it, but I've got some ideas about next season. If you finished the full, I'm sure you finished it. Oh yeah. I'm caught up. Yeah. So here's the thing. Barry is a real complicated character. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how do you tackle that character like going forward, especially now with the big reveal after the last season? Right. Speaking of Henry Winkler. So here, here's my thing. I think you have to do one of two things, and I think it's what they're going to end up doing. Either you have to introduce some surprises with the other key cast members, including his acting coach, uh, the Henry Winkler character. You have mm-hmm. to introduce some surprises with those characters and make them have some shadiness about them that we did not know about that will put Barry on a level playing field with those characters and make yeah. it more sustainable with those characters within the story. So either there's got to be big reveals about the other characters or the other possibility is he's going to end up saving somebody significant, saving their life. He's going to go completely like everybody's going to blacklist him and not want anything to do with him because they're going to find out his true story is true is true reality. Mm-hmm. But, but just when you think Barry's done, he's going to end up saving someone's life. Like the, like the teacher. Right. 
And then it's going to kind of like, well, we're going to forgive you. You've done a lot of wrong things, but you saved my, you saved my damn life. It's one of those two things. It's the only way they can get through next season after that cliffhanger, in my opinion. Um, I think you're pretty spot on. Um, I, I don't see this show going for four seasons or three or, or how many. Well, they're two, no. they're two seasons two in. So I, I can't see them do a fourth season after this next one. Yeah, you think I, it's got? You think a three's got to be it based on what you've I seen think, so far? I think three's going to cap it, but yeah, um, because they're. I mean, they tell they're telling a lot in all these episodes, but yeah. uh, there's. I, I don't know if there's enough story left, and if they yeah. they could very much surprise me, but like seeing Barry's character develop as much as he has over these last two seasons in itself was like, well, how much more can he develop? You know, I mean, yeah. we we're just starting to deep dive into Henry Winkler's character. Right. Um, and like all the turmoil and like grief that he's been through. Um, so, I mean, there could be a lot more there and like Henry Winkler is a tremendous actor. He's really good. So yeah, uh, I, I'd love to see how, how deep they can get into it. But I, I'd be ultimately surprised if they do a fourth season. Yeah. I mean, it would be, I mean, the fourth season's like a prison break situation. <laughs> Yeah, him and his boss, the guy that was his man, like would find him hits. Maybe the <laughs> whole prison break season would be kind of fun. Uh, that, would be, see. that would be fun. That's yeah, I mean, see the fourth season. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, I have no, I, I can't even imagine what it would be about. I just can't. Or a fugitive scenario where they're on the run. They finally have caught him, and their 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 gig is up, and they're on the run for one season. Maybe it'd be a different show to a certain degree, but maybe a really funny road trip kind of on the run type situation. I don't know, but it's been, a, it's been a blast. You know, this show is a blast. Oh, it's just so been, good. it's just been amazing. This was uh, one of my favorite episodes last, mm. last season. You recognize the, yeah. the bloody beard. Yeah. That's after he got his ass kicked from that, uh, Kung Fu guy, right? That um, one episode may be one of the best, like I was probably a, th- a 40 minute, 35 minute. Of, it was some of the best 40 minutes of content. <laughs> Movies, TV, anything I've ever seen. It's like one long take too, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I, oh so. my God. Right. I haven't watched that. that. I haven't watched that episode in like two years, but I gotta, yeah, I gotta watch it again. The the girl jumping on the like the the <laughs> the, the really crazy kung fu girl that jumps yeah, in the yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like in co like got the you know, like Spider Man when she yeah. <laughs> It's, you know, it was so out there, but it worked. Like, because at any at that point in the in the show, you're like anything could happen. You know, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, it, loved was, it. it was great. It was great. Uh, so, what was that like, uh, Henry Winkler? You, did you get to interact with him? Did you did you get to talk to him much? Really nice guy. Uh, didn't have to, or didn't have to. I mean, didn't get a chance to talk to him very much. Um, mm-hmm. But he was, you know, on a schedule, of course, and they're kind of yeah. directing him where to go. Sure. Um, I forgot, I forgot the actress's name. That's also in that photo. Uh, yeah, she's part also she's on the show. Yes. She's also in Barry. She was, she was on, uh, uh, the good, um, now what's the, what was the show with, um, that, oh my gosh, I oh, can't think of it. Yeah. Ted Danson series. Yes. She was on that show as well. She's in that show. Yeah. It's good. It's the good life. Is it the good life? I forgot. Is what the heck is the name of that show? It's definitely the good. I know that it starts off the with good. the good, but I can't remember if it's the good. What and the good? What? 
I work I work in this industry and I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> we'll, call it, we'll call it the good show. There, the good show because it was it was good. Um, yeah, so she was in that show too, and um, yeah, I, you know, the the very small amount of time that I I had with with Henry and and that actress was very nice and they were very kind and uh, they were actually, they were teaching a improv comedy workshop. Um, at, oh, wow. At wow. One the, yeah. One of the bars off of rainy. So we were there to record the entire workshop. Oh, and then we, then we shot the interview of them afterwards and it was fun. It was just fun to see him work. Um, you know, cause they were pretty much, trying to incorporate how improv can be brought into acting, you know, Mm -hmm. rather than just going one way or the other. That's great. Wow. How cool that'd be to take an acting class from the Fonz. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people had fun up there for sure. Also arrest and development. His role as lawyer was a third role. Barry Zuckercorn. I love uh, my favorite line from that series is, uh, when he got legal advice from Ask Jeeves, yes. <laughs> that's what it said on Ask Jeeves. <laughs> it was so it was that was like the best line in the show. I mean, that show is just good, anyways. But and he said it so like so matter of oh, fact. Yeah, that's what it that's, said. He's the master of that. Yeah, yeah. It's so delivering, honest. Delivering that. Yeah. So it's, honest. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad he's finally getting. Uh, he finally got an Emmy for. Oh yeah. Best oh, yeah. actor. Oh, he deserved it. He's and so much deserved that. That was that was you know, uh, finally things coming full circle. I was really so happy to see him get that. Mm-hmm. So we talk about your space now and tell us about. We, we talked a little bit at the start of the show. Uh, this is the. I'm gonna actually go pull up your your website a little okay. bit and uh, we'll we'll plug it some. And over here, plug away. All right, co-production house. There and then we'll get we'll get this right with the, uh, the branding or with the uh, okay there we go there we go yeah this co-production house yeah. is the website we're talking about this earlier uh, at the start of the show and you have a, you're sitting in front of the LED volume phase one of our stage is now available it includes twenty by ten LED wall that immerses talent in a virtual environment it's it's no limits our stage is powered by Unreal. By Unreal Engine, the possibilities are endless. I'll let you talk about it. You can do it better than me reading it off your website. <laughs> well, um, so an LED volume is a little bit different from uh, green screen, where uh, you know green screen you put things in later, and an LED volume is is real time. So they're they're calling it in camera VFX, and um, all these environments that you see are, are real time. So wow. you can you can put a camera tracker on your camera and when you move it right, left, up, down, go in and out, roll it, uh, you know, it interacts with the environment as if the camera was in the environment. Um, so, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, like you have the same parallax, you can zoom in and out and, um, it, it looks as real as, um, as you could make it. If you had like all the, all the proper assets to make these, environments so you know you can have high resolution um what they call textures that you throw on to uh you know let's say a model car and what it does is like these high resolution textures like 
in the Unreal Engine, when you build the lights correctly, looks as real as if you were just standing right in front of the car. I mean, you, it's indiscernible. I mean, it's great. It's really, wow. really cool. That's amazing. We talked about it earlier, how it's what they're using on the Mandalorian. John Favreau was an innovator in it, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, now, I actually had the pleasure, you probably don't know this, but I had the pleasure of visiting your your fine uh, facilities over there back in January. Oh, no way. Yeah, no, I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. You all were busy, and I'm, I am didn't want to get in the way. I think you were doing some photography, like f- photos for your website, marketing stuff. So I kind of tried to be a fly on the wall. I just I peeked, I took, came in. I wanted to be supportive, came in, kind of lend, lend some support. Um, so I, was, I, was, I think you were taking some photos. The, there was a guy with a camera that told me to fuck off. And I think he was just having a bad day. You know, COVID, the pandemic, it probably was... So he said, get the hell out of my shot. You didn't, I, I've somehow got in there without you noticing me. I don't know how that, cause I was literally right real close by. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was there hanging out. Yeah, right I, there, popped, yeah. I popped in for a, a short bit and uh, just didn't want to get in the way. Didn't want to intrude. Well, you know, no one even noticed you. You were in and out so quickly. Yeah, so I, I just, you know, just kind of came in and peeked in for a second. I, um, Yeah. And I was only told to fuck off once, so that was pretty good. Uh, I, it wasn't me. I mean, I wasn't the guy with the camera that time. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, I wasn't yeah. like that. I mean, there was a little bit of an elbow, like, like, you know, kind of. It was a little aggressive. It was a little alpha, but I, I'm fine. He's he's in charge. It's his. Is he directing? You know, he's 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 behind the camera. So cool. I mean, I was just trying to be supportive. It's fine. Okay. Anyway, anyway no. Um, I've seen some. I've seen photos. I haven't been there, and uh, but I look forward to visiting it. Uh, this is great. Now, this is very unique because it takes co-working space and it expands on the concept. It allows for it to be for creatives. Yeah, that's exactly the idea. Um, you know, when we uh, when we were starting this, when we started the idea um, a little over two years ago, uh, it originally was just going to be a co-working space for media professionals. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that quickly um, grew was that, okay, how many desks do we need to make this be a successful business, you know, so we can have a baseline, but what can we offer that's different than anybody else in the Austin market? Yeah. And so that took a while for us to, to really figure it out. Um, You know, we, we took some time, like two years ago, we ended up, we were looking in the collective. This is, that's where we're located right off South Congress in this development called the collective. We, um, they were just shells of the building. You know, they haven't built anything out at that point. And when we first looked at it, we were with a different commercial broker and she was like, okay, yeah, let me uh, try to get this deal going for you guys. And she was really trying to rush us through it. And we we're trying to slow her down because we're like, listen, we told you we don't have a half million dollars to build out a place. That's ridiculous. Like we'll never make that money back. Um, cause we wanted to put all of that, uh, you know, whatever money that we would have like into, um, you know, the actual business itself and not putting walls up in a place that the landlord should have put walls up in, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, uh, well, we were kind of, um, litigating all of that and, and developing the idea. Um, you know, it, it didn't 
really uh, strike us about what to do until COVID happened. It, it gave us a, a chance to step back and really think through because um, we, we were so determined to open the business, but we're like, how do we do this? How do we do it safely? And, you know, with COVID happening, obviously if we had opened it a year prior, we would have been screwed. Like there's just no way it would have worked. So everything happened out happened for a reason, but uh, the biggest, uh, you know, um, eye-opening experience was when we went to um, my business partner and I, uh, Christina, we went to Colorado to kind of just step away. Mm-hmm. Um, we had to, we had to get out of Austin for a little bit to really like focus on, on just the business. And um, we, we had about three and a half weeks up there that uh, gave us a chance to like, explore other options and that's when i learned about the mandalorian and what they were doing they had this huge article in the in variety or you know some some other article and i was like oh okay this is interesting and then i noticed that you know of course we're a year behind when they actually shot it so how many other people have this right now so i it's been a deep dive for me um christina really took over the the um the business model of the co-working and I was working on the technology side of the company and um, you know, how do we get these led screens? How do they work? You know, who do we go with in terms of a vendor? And then, you know, it's, it's a rabbit hole of information. So the last seven months I've been sitting in front of a computer. Wow. We got a little, this is speaking of the uh, Mandalorian and kind of that's where you discovered this technology. Here's a little bit of a clip of the video on YouTube. I'll keep the volume down so we don't get dinged for copyright. But uh, we'll play a little bit. Volume down. Show. This is it. This is the actual technology in action. Well, there's green screen. That's the Avengers. But here's Mandalorian yeah, right. using the yeah. using the real thing. Yeah, I mean, look how real that looks. Now, I mean, compared to the green screen of the Avengers, you can see the actors working on the green screen. But uh, go back. Look at that. On the Mandalorian, and then yeah, yeah. it's rad. I mean, ILM has like a huge stage. You know, they're on like a twenty thousand square foot stage, and so that I think their wall is like one hundred fifty feet. Um, it's just giant, and so they've they've easily spent like ten million dollars on all of it. We didn't have that money. <laughs> we're, we're not Disney, so uh, you know we we did what we could with this one, um, but we are. Um, even on our website, it has literature. We are working on getting phase two, which uh, we will put a, another 20 by 10 wall mm-hmm. right here. Wow. And then um, okay. hopefully get a ceiling in. So it'll be kind of like a three-sided box, um, you know, plus a floor. So that's four-sided. But we, I, I'm really trying to wonder, like, okay, am I going to put something over here too? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, cause if we, if we had walls on both sides, then we would have what, um, you've probably seen, uh, in like the SIGGRAPH 2019 model was they had a, a small box where a guy's on a motorcycle and like, you can't tell, I mean, it's just, it looks so good. They did such a great job. You cannot tell that it's fake until they show the wide shot of all mm-hmm. of it. And you're like, yeah, that's that's one of the, I think that sold me more than the Mandalorian did. Cause it was like, okay, Mandalorian, of course they have the assets to make this look good, right. you know, but like on a, on a indie budget level, like how do, how can we make this look good? Well, 
it actually sells a lot easier than you think because it's really like the the wall itself is a set extension right so everything that's behind you is a set extension you need to put props you need to put you know yeah. even build flats and stuff in front of it to really sell it um because then you would definitely not be able to tell um but if you wanted to do if you had a bright enough screen you could definitely like pretend like you're outside mm-hmm. um but you, you still need lights um you know the led panels can only get so bright and they can get bright trust me but uh you know you still need like highlights like so you need big bright lights that are specular that kind of like you know get that nice edge on you you know to um kind of emulate the sun uh but it's the magic's there it it's actually pretty easy to sell it once you once you figure out the zero point of everything so amazing and it's it's amazing are you i'm sure you're getting a lot of calls already Oh, you know, we have had a lot of interest uh, so far. Uh, it's really going to help us next week. Um, we do have an Austin Chronicle um, article coming out. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we had the photographer here today taking pictures oh. mm-hmm. of us. Um, so uh, that uh, Richard Whitaker, who's uh, the Austin oh, yeah. Chronicle um, yeah. yeah, film writer, he's, he's great. He actually interviewed me last year for a COVID article that he wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still on the same thing. I just told you about my year, but, uh, yeah, he, when he found out, I actually got reintroduced to Richard through Brian Gannon from Austin film commission. Um, and Brian's the one who confirmed with us that we're the only ones that have this right now. So, wow. uh, mm-hmm. you know, Richard heard about it. He's like, okay, let's, yeah, let's talk, man. So I was on the phone with him for an hour and I hope he got some good stuff. Cause I just rambled. <laughs> What it must have been weird this year because I know a lot of for big productions, you know, they were filming uh, Robert Pat the Robert Pattinson Batman, and he got COVID, and they had to shut production down. That had to be kind of a weight on the shoulders doing any productions this year. Like if you were in the middle of something, and someone came with a cough or something, and had you were you needed this person to finish the project, mm-hmm. and also the genuine concern, of course, of their health. And everybody else's health that had to be a whole new layer of weight weight on your shoulders yeah i mean um you know again like since i would say things were like really iffy around may or like can we even shoot yeah. anything you know this and then the next month is when we did that green screen shoot and we were like yeah. double masking hand yeah. sanitizing every two seconds you know um yeah. and like what we've been doing has been working you know no one has gotten covid which is great from any of those productions uh but um you know you i'm sure you've heard the the tom cruise freak out on mission impossible 7 um you know i mean he he had every right to act that way Uh, i i don't feel sorry for the people he was yelling at because he was just trying to teach them responsibility because i mean it really the the movie was riding on his shoulders he has a huge financial stake in it you know, and he wanted to show the industry that they were capable of making all of this under all these precautions. And so, um, you know, I personally didn't have any um, situations like that uh, because we just haven't been on like big enough shoots where it was a problem. You know, shooting interviews, you know, corporate interviews is like so simple. You 
you pretty much just schedule people an hour apart, record them for like 30 to 45 minutes, and then they leave and it gives you 15 minutes to wipe down everything and, and sanitize everything pretty much. Uh, you know, that's, that's as hard as we got. Um, you know, if I shot my, my Hancock Whitney, uh, regional bank commercial, let's say maybe back in October, um, it, it would have been a, a much different shoot than what we did in early March before all these, excuse me, uh, precautions happened. I just bathe in Lysol before I leave the house and when I come home. And I haven't gotten sick one time. Well, you know, everyone has their way, man. <laughs> Actually, this is the best meme I've seen lately. This was for more homemade mask <laughs> ideas. And you can't see it because it's cut off. But the guy's drinking a beverage through the straw. So I mean, that's put, a good idea. And put the cap back on. I, I love this. This is my favorite DIY mask idea. Was the, it kind of like that? Kind of looks cyberpunkish. I don't know. It's, it's like got, if you yeah. put some like lights on there, and then you know, yeah, it's by, it. yeah. Which, by the way, they do make those masks too with the LED lights that you can order on Amazon. They have oh a LED, if you want to do the whole LED light mask thing. Okay, <laughs> okay. So going forward, twenty twenty one, we're in a new year. What do you yeah. foresee? What do you forecast? I know what you hope. What do you forecast going forward? What, what's what do you think? Um, well, I've been, I've said this like even as um, late as mid last year, but uh, everyone wants content, like more content than yeah. ever. I mean, that was yeah. the biggest like wake up call in the industry last year is like, obviously everyone wanted content. They just didn't know how to create it. Yeah. So now that, um, you know, vaccines are rolling out. Um, you know, I'm sure, uh, some of the larger corporations are going to open up their offices again, probably towards the end of the year. They just want to be extra safe. Um, but you know, people's, there's going to be more productions this year than last year for sure. And it's probably going to oh, yeah. start really picking up in the summer. Yeah. Um, because I mean, I think they said that we had like 30 or 60 million people already vaccinated, which is, a huge, that's a ton of people. Yeah. You know, and we really only need, uh, I think, 70 or 75 percent. That's what uh, Dr. Fauci was saying. Oh, wow. Um, you know, once we get to that level, uh, you know, it's the spread shouldn't be nearly as bad as it has been. So I, I see it really taking off probably in the next four months or so. It's the worst year ever for Howie Mandel. Who's a, he's a famous. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like he doesn't shake hands. He doesn't. Oh, my God. Has he even been on TV this past year? Probably not. I, you know, I try to look him up because I was curious what's happening with Howie Mandel in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I think he made a couple of joke, uh, his own little like spoofs or memes where he was out yeah. in hazmat. You know, the last in studio guest I had was last March, early, like you said, back in March, we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So I had an in studio guest uh, about a week before South by Southwest was canceled of 2020. I had Kirk Kirk Abadic, Kirk Hunter in studio. He showed up in a hazmat suit and we thought it was hilarious. It was like the funniest joke gag. We we're like, ha ha ha. <laughs> Kirk, you joke. He did the whole show in his hazmat suit. And it was the funniest thing. We took some pictures afterwards and we posted on social and we just thought we were having a blast with the whole thing. <laughs> and then like a week later, it started getting more real. South by was canceled. They were starting to make more, um, have press conferences on TV and it started to get more and more real. 
and then we were like, oh my god, that hazmat suit's not f- as funny anymore as it was, <laughs> as it was uh, a few weeks back. Uh, we even did a um, elbow bump video, like a public service message, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it actually almost got picked up for a commercial. We oh, had got, oh my, I posted wow. that on Instagram, and we got reached. We had an advertiser company uh, reached out to us, said we're we're considering that we want to see if you would be, be interested in licensing 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 your footage out. So we almost ended up in it. They ended up passing on it. Like they, they pondered it. They got us excited, but they ended up passing on it when it was all oh, said. Man. So yeah, they just got us excited about it. They didn't really get us in the job, but and they put us in the, in the commercial. Um, I got a bit of a surprise last time you were here after you appeared. It was great. We loved it. It was a fun show. Reed Charles was here and me and you yeah. we were all in studio. We had a good time. Fun show. And very, very interesting, fun show. Great conversation. And but after the show is over, Reed thinks he's in a uh, email exchange just with me and and him. <laughs> You're somehow in the thread still, and he uh, gripes me out for t- he's griped me out for this many times. And I'll admit, probably right sometimes. Sometimes it's a little bit overboard his com- his his criticism, but he seemed to think that I, I spoke over you and him too much during that that recording. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't even recall. No, I had a great time. Yeah, I, I did too. But Kurt, but Reed is like your big brother. He's going to give you if he he's going to be a little extra critical. He's going to kick your ass even if you don't need it. So you stay. So you stay on your you stay on your A game. Mm-hmm. You don't get you don't get like you know too complacent. So <laughs> I got I started feeling bad about it. So afterwards, I started going back and watching. I listened to the show again. Seeing if I could find spots that was like where maybe I was maybe cutting you off, and then I go went back and started what, listening to other podcasts because I believe greatness. You learn greatness from other greatness, so you go and find who are the best podcasters, who are the best live uh, live streamers out there, and I try to watch and listen to them and and learn. And so I went to go listen. It's amazing how many shows, big shows, do still sometimes, especially now that we're doing these remote. There's a lot more of talking over each other than there used to be when people opposed to when people are in the same room, mm-hmm. you see it a lot more lately, uh, you know, and then when stuff's recorded and then put on tape, you can edit so you can clean stuff up. Um, but it's surprising like where you'll hear it sometimes where you'd be surprised. There are people talking over each other, even like on big national like stages it's coming up. But anyway, no, I, I have read in the backstage right now. <laughs> And we're going to do a feed the read segment. He has been watching the show closely. He's going to critique and analyze if I if I <laughs> okay, spoke great. over you during this this uh, this minute cast. Okay, let's get read in there. Reed Charles, are you here? Yes, sir. Hello, Reed. Great to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Oh yeah. All right. Good afternoon, Pop Dome. Yes, you got to put that in. So we got a little special impromptu. Feed the read. Feed the read. Read. What have you thought about the show? You're I'm honest. Fin- to- I'm finishing up my notes right now. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I want to know if you, if I was, did I do it again? Was I talking over the? No, guests? no. This dude, you've really. I'm really re- one. I love you. You know that. I love you too, oh, Justin. I, oh, hey. But I don't. It's I don't been a while. Man. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah. Here's okay. I just finished up here. Okay, I love you both. You know that. I'm gonna kick you in your ass if you like it or not. The I gotta change the, this. This is for you, Reed. I got the thumbs up poop. 
I put it in the top <laughs> top corner for just for you. It's just for you. The there's only five notes I have on this, and the first one, of course, is let Justin talk. That was, that was the first one. Uh, number two, uh, the information you inject is good. It's a little long winded, and you go on your stories. Uh, dude, you don't need me here. You're doing good on your own. You don't need me here. Oh, no, you're you, you're um, fun. You're still you're you're. You're fun, man. I, Number I four, you're your captain of your own ship. You can sink it if you want it. Okay. <coughs> uh, number five, uh, yeah, uh, just let Justin talk. That's it. And shut the fuck up. And right? shut the fuck up. Let the people that know what they're talking about <laughs> talk about what they're talking about. No, no, no. It's this, this, uh, this whole firing from the hip that you're doing here. It's it's good. It's really good. Um. Just look at look at Joe Rogan's first podcast. They're all high as hell, and you know True. this is True. hell of an improvement over that. So, hey, that's, you know that's not too bad. That's really good. Yeah, and uh, many would I say that's the gold standard in podcasting is is, is Joe Rogan now, not Joe Rogan then, yeah. but like but when you were smoking <laughs> weed. And- uh, I mean, I'm biased, but I I feel like this is a much better show because <laughs> oh, I've, oh. watched, I've watched that. I watched a lot of Joe Rogan, man, and uh, you know he's got he's got great guests, but um, it just gets it's kind of just boring sometimes. Yeah, kind of just boring. Sometimes depends on yeah. yeah, depends on the guest, the topic. Yeah. You know the the they have great student. The sound quality is always amazing. They got great production value. Oh, it's simple. It's simple. It's just two guys, it's two people. Got the yeah, Spotify I, money. Yeah, yeah it's the Spotify money. So I had, I had a question for you, Justin. Um, yeah. is, it, is it possible? Oh, I was just scratching the inside of my thigh, and it doesn't look like it's the, No, no, no. I no, no, no. Say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... Oh, <laughs> it's, oh man, Joe Rogan. Okay, sorry. Sorry. No, no, so <laughs> it was, question, I'm question not wearing pants. I'm not wearing pants, so it's the fine. Question, the question I had for I, you I did the whole show. Your, and no, your studio was, is it possible to create a DM, DMT location from a trip report? <laughs> DMT location from a trip. Reed, yeah. Reed is obsessed with DMT now, by the way. Because uh, so, you know what oh, I'm talking about. I'm. Uh, I was about to say no. <laughs> I don't. I don't well, know I, what I, that probably, is. Probably. Yeah, we'll leave it for we'll leave it for later on. And two. <laughs> um, <laughs> get back to him on. That. We'll get back to that. I'm sure it's possible if I can make it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And the two is, uh, would you like any other investors to, to uh, how much would you need? Like uh, oh. 10,000, 10, 20,000. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that is a very good question. In fact, okay. we, we still do have, uh, we still are accepting investors. Yes. Um, we, our minimum buy-in is a $10,000, um, <laughs> investment. Do I, but, is it paid in dividends? How's it paid? We'll talk about so, that later. Talk about that later. I mean, I could give you a quick rundown, but no, okay. uh, we have we have different um, interest draw, rates. We'll draw up the paperwork right here. Yeah. <laughs> we have different interest rates in terms of you know the amount that you invest, and I think for ten thousand dollars, I'm pretty sure it's either ten or fifteen percent. It's one of those, um, and it, it goes up from there. So we have we have big returns, um, but it's over like a at least a five year span um, from the time we like officially open and start you know, profiting. So, mm, okay. Okay. That sounds wow. good. Um, I guess that's it. That I'm was it. Here. That was you it. Want, you want to stay around for the agree or disagree or do you, are you, yeah. ready to bail? 
because I definitely want to talk to you because uh, I do have a trip report that I wrote uh, because I, I did do DMT. And yeah, he went to Houston, a place in Houston, uh, Huntsville, a place, yeah. yeah, and a place you can go do DMT. It's a, a it's DMT uh, it's a like bed, bed and breakfast, I guess. It's a church. Yeah, it's legal. And yeah, I'm I'm gonna go in March again. This time I'm doing ayahuasca this time. And I'm considering it. I'm gonna wear a GoPro camera because it's content. I'm gonna put it on the podcast. No, no. I'm gonna mount a GoPro camera. It's an no. action camera. I'm gonna do the no. DMT. Film. No, you're not. You're not going. You're not going. You don't. You don't deserve to talk to the goddess. So you're not going. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna get some uh, uh, Oculus VR. That'll be there my version go. of uh, version Oculus Two. Ayahuasca, man. That's some. Uh, that's some serious stuff right there. Um, I've, uh, I've only seen, you know, videos of other people doing it, but yeah, it been, looks intense. looks really intense. It's, yeah, uh, it's pretty intense. I've watched the doc, the, like a few shows with people. Cause your, your, your studio there, that's like, well, wait a minute. We could actually possibly recreate, recreate what the two locations I was at. So that's, what? that's, oh, like put it in a, uh, on an led. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, like, one of the amazing things about Unreal yeah. itself. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, they made it to build video games, right? So you can you can bring in models from, like, Maya and, like, other 3D programs and throw them in here and throw textures on it. And, yeah, I mean, you have an environment, right? So um, really, really cool stuff. Obviously, like, if you have, like, a game developer on your team, then you can move more quickly you know people they just know how to build this stuff a lot better um but uh yeah i mean you can literally make anything you know and doing a doing like an actual environment is the easy part it's when you start integrating it with like dmx live light shows and all that stuff where it gets like really difficult um a lot of coding a lot of coding so that that entire background is completely generator or you say it's like a, t- a pamp, uh, like a, uh, is it basically like a pamp, like a pamphlet or like basically like a background texture that's already made and you used it or is that totally. Yeah. So no, it's completely 3d. So I'll show you two things. I'll, I'll walk behind me. I'm, ab- I'm about 10 feet from the wall. So I'll walk behind me to show you like how far it is. And then I'm going to walk over to my computer that's actually running it and I'll move the camera around so you oh. can see. Okay. So give me a second. Oh, this is awesome. Yeah, okay. It's cool. Yeah. Come on, look at that. Oh, yeah. Look at okay. look at the depth on that. Yeah. It's a lot of depth. He's ten feet away. Okay, now he's gonna show us. Now he's actually turning it. Holy crap. Wow. Nice. Oh man, it's incredible. Oh. Anyway, oh that, see this looks pretty real already. So Yeah. Oh yeah. If the can if my light wasn't pointing at the screen, it would mm-hmm. probably look a lot better. Just kind of whitewashing it right now because it's so bright. But God, that's incredible, dude! Amazing, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Yeah, when I saw that with the the uh, Mandalorian, I was like, "What the hell is that in the background?" And it was moving around. I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, that, they, just, that changes everything. Yeah. yeah, and you know they they did it right with Mandalorian. It, again, it's it's for set extensions. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, you can put your actor in the middle of this volume and they're there, but really you need a lot of things in the foreground to help sell it. So, um, you know, when 
like those characters are, are riding on those weird animals in the middle of the desert. They didn't really need much more than just like a machine that made them go back and forth like this. And then just like, you know, an atmosphere sky, that's what sold it. But when you have, you know, all the fighting, you know, they have, uh, you could tell what is a fake rock versus what's in the background. Cause the stuff in the background looks better. <laughs> it just, Damn. it looks way better than what, you know, the styrofoam rock they've used for a hundred other movies looks like but this is a this is kind of like jurassic park like when the idea of jurassic park that the dinosaurs were cgi the puppeteers thought they're out of a job so they integrated a job to where when they animated the dinosaurs they hooked up the computer and gave them movements and that replaced you know that they, they integrated the, the two technologies mm-hmm. so you in a way your location doesn't do away with someone's job it actually improves it more there's you don't have to do the background anymore, but you still need the props the characters the costumes you still need that. And the, like you said, the lights, we said before, the, the lights are still there. The cameras are still there. Ah, this dude. Yeah, this yeah. so nothing, nothing's really changed in terms of, uh, you know, a crew that's already present. What's mm-hmm. changing is a lot, of, a lot of technical jobs are being made or being created. Yeah, it creates so, more jobs. Yeah, so when, like, um, you know, when digital uh, cinema cameras came out, you know, back in the late, you know, in 2008, whatever, um, you had these digital imaging technicians that were in charge of the image. So they would, they would pretty much get the footage from the camera, bring it over to, um, you know, a computer, copy it a thousand times to make sure that they had backups of it, and then just check the image to make sure that, like, it looks good. Because uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but when they shot um, Brian Brian Singer's uh, Superman movie, they shot on like yeah. the Panavision Genesis. Yeah, and, and the the biggest story that came out of that movie was that um, they had uh, on a lot of their footage they had like this green line that went all the way down like one side of the image. Wow! Um, so they had to paint it out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, things have improved since then, but like, you know, (laughs) having an additional imaging technician on set would have probably changed that. But like, you know, it was a little bit different um, because they didn't have even the hardware on set to be able to look at those files even, you know, they had to go into color correction and, you know, they're like, oh, what the hell is this? You know, because they didn't see it because all the resolutions of the screens were like so small, you couldn't see like a tiny little green line. That was like in Rodriguez's uh, studio on, on Sin City when I was there. They actually had giant, um, you know, God, they were like, what, 30 or 40-inch t- modern, you know, LED TVs mm-hmm. instead of the small, the ones that you see that they're looking at. They, they had big ones. And that was that was good because I noticed that um, the hair and makeup, they were looking to see how, how their work was and stuff like that. And they're constantly checking the angles, checking the paint, that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's some pretty cool stuff. When you have bigger TVs, you can see it. Yeah, exactly. The technology just gets better. Jobs get better. Yeah. Good question from Carl Wolfmuller. Hilarious. Will, will your studio lighting auto adjust based on the environment, mapping, or video? Well, Carl is a very good friend of mine, and he happens to be an investor uh, oh. as well for this mm-hmm. technology. And, uh, yeah, Carl has been on this trip with us from the beginning 
Um, I told him that what we we're trying to do two years ago, and he's like, "Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. Tell me when I can write you a check." No, he never said that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to convince him. Uh, well, Carl, um, yes, it it's it is capable of doing that. Ours uh, right now is not, but what I was talking about before in terms of DMX controlling is that um, you can hook up like a lighting array, like above your stage. Instead of you having LED panels above, you can have a lighting array. And what's awesome about Unreal is that it has that. <laughs> I totally said that. Uh, well, maybe I was doing a little white lie. But, uh, you know, you, you throw up a lighting array and you hook it up through a DMX controller and um, you you could technically do it. It does take a lot of coding um, and probably a lot of money to do that. Uh, I haven't like personally looked into that part because I really just want to build out the, the volume to the size that I, I think is reasonable for especially a small market right now. Um, but once we get some competition here in Austin, you know, uh, it's one thing being the first, but we need to be the best at what we do. And that's what yeah. I'm striving for right now. So you have a little bit of a head start on the others, so they have time to make, kind of continue to perfect it. Yeah, yeah, we've got a little bit of head start. Um, you know, they'll the others that will probably catch up, and I would say within a year or maybe a little bit more, uh, they'll find that it's uh, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. Would, would it have been better to to go out of, like out in the out in out in the boonies and, and and have a warehouse built and do this? Would that be a later on um i mean you could what's great about the led panels is like they're all portable so you can move them anywhere you know if we wanted to move this outside we could they're not bright enough you know they're not they're not they only have about 800 nits so they're not like super bright um there there are panels that are brighter that are that are better than the ones that we have like i'm like i'm very open about that like uh but they're incredibly expensive for instance, so LG just announced uh, a new set of LED panels, and they call them the LG Magnet. And what's cool about these is that instead of um, – if I was able to take my camera off right now and walk to the backside of the screen, you'd see all the wires and, like – I mean, it looks like a maze of, like, wires behind me. We have 72 panels on this on the screen. But the LG Magnet, what they do is they – they have no wires. So all their transmission goes through magnets. So you just pop it on and then that's how they transfer all the video feed. And so you can build that wall exponentially just by could, popping these tiles on top of each other. You can add on to it. Holy yeah. God. Yeah. And I, I could, add, I can make this wall as big as I want. I just need more money. <laughs> <laughs> can, I can like this whole, like all the walls in the studio could be LEDs, you know, we just need more power too. Well, there's also what's that other place called on uh, on Howard? Um, Omega. Omega Omega Broadcasting. Yeah. yeah, those guys had a giant green, and there was like a, a uh, I think it was like a almost like a airplane hangar nearby them that they were actually thinking about purchasing years ago, and they had a big giant green screen room too. Yeah, in yeah. fact, I was just mentioning uh, that Texas Casa shoot that we did last year where we were shooting on green screen. We shot on Omega's green screen. I know exactly oh. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. They had, yeah. 
It was that was years ago when I saw that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, it's a yeah. They have this like room, and yeah, it's a nice stage that they have there. Mm-hmm. It's like digital Legos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're piecing yeah. them, you know, piece them together. Yeah, exactly. They're all they're just all the same size. <laughs> exactly, they're not yeah, very varying yeah. varying in size. Reed, do you want to stay around for Greed to Scree? Sure. Okay. Okay, let's do it. I'm gonna play some background on this 141st episode. With Justin Kirchhoff. I got it right. Mm. I've got it right. I've got it down now <laughs> after two shows. I made a song earlier. Did you hear the song read? Yeah, no, it was actually pretty good. Not too bad. It's like, it. it feels like a, a 60s, like a little dude, 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 you know, like <laughs> you have these like girls with these big beehives just dancing. The, boop, boop. Not yeah, like that. Guess- I'm terrible, but yeah. <laughs> a little game show music in the background. On this Agree or Disagree for this 141st episode, we're getting a little movie talk. Coming out, speaking of streaming, another acquisition by a major streaming platform was coming to America. That's going to be coming out next week on Amazon Prime Video. Mm. Tracy Morgan almost played Eddie Murphy's son in coming to America. <laughs> Why? <Wow. laughs> Well, you may have already answered my question by your reaction there. (laughs) They were going to have him play the the son. In fact, for two years of pre-production and meetings, he was cast as the son. He was doing uh, reading, like script readings. Uh, They were having, you know, uh, the sit downs with Eddie Murphy, screen tests. But finally, at some point, they just decided that it just wasn't working. (laughs) After two years, they figured that out. Like, what the hell? What were, so, they, what were they smoking? I don't know. I don't know. But they decided they decided to go a different direction with the son. So Tracy Morgan, they wanted to keep him, so he mm. plays the uncle now instead mm. in the movie. So you, my, my question's already been answered. Do you agree or disagree that that was the right move yeah. to, to uncast Tracy Morgan? Well, here's my thing. I'll play devil's advocate on this. He actually, comedically, it would be very funny for mm. him to be, if it's a comedy and you're looking for laughs, it would be very funny to have Tracy Morgan as his son. He's he's only seven years. I think he's like a six or seven year difference in their age. But didn't he get into a car accident and almost die? Well, yeah, he had a serious car accident yeah. uh, a while ago. He's he's recovered. He's been back to work since then. He's oh, on okay. he's, he hosted Saturday Night Live. He's made he's made a couple of he had a TV series since mm-hmm. then. So he's been back to work. I oh. completely agree that it would have been hilarious uh, him playing the son. I just don't like. Maybe for five minutes, but after that, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like the movie is really based around the sun. So, like, if yeah. it's, I mean, did they change it after they recast him? I don't know. But, like, yeah, for, like, five minutes, it would have been hilarious. And then after that, I've been like, all right, guys, you know, that that was, like, the whole, kind of, like, why yeah. Arsenio and, and, and Eddie play, like, ten different characters in that film, you know? It's just, like, to a point, <laughs> it just gets over the top but yeah i think it should have been that he had a, a, a found out he had a son that was still a toddler and have tracy morgan like do kind of a race on his knees kind of playing a little kid <laughs> but again it would have been a bit it would have been a good bit for like five minutes okay number two oh, uh, another revitalized old property from long ago blade blade is coming back mm. this time it's going to be a reboot over at mc uh, for the mcu mm. It's going to be rated PG-13. Now, they've said Deadpool mm. 3 is the only MCU movie that's going to be rated R. Do you agree or disagree with making Blade 
PG-13 or should it just be rated R forever? I disagree. I mean, it's about a vampire that has a sword or swords and he slices other vampires up. I mean, it's got to be bloody. So bring on the R is what I'm thinking. Yeah, so it seems like if you're 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 already okay with doing it with uh, with Deadpool. We saw the Netflix shows too. They had the the Punisher, Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Those are those are our, those would be considered R rated, right? Oh yeah, I mean they're they're nasty, man. Yeah, so I, I don't. <laughs> I just hope it's not Disney. And Disney does a lot of good content, but I hope it's not Disney disdifying Blade in a in a bad way. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, number three. Do you? Okay, we're talking about COVID. And its effect on productions. Do you think one of my favorite shows is a sitcom from Canada? It's called Kim's Convenience. They went back into production during the pandemic and they filmed their fourth season, I believe. And I've been watching them kind of on a on the. I'm not supposed to be able to see them yet because they're not in the states, but I found a place somewhere. I won't say where. I found a place I could watch them. In like each week when they come out the new episodes, I've been watching them. That's secret, but. Do you think that series now that are coming back into production or putting out new seasons, they have to almost address the pandemic? If they don't, they seem kind of dated by this time by not addressing it. I think we're going to see a lot more content um, that involves, you know, some like maybe one or two sentences that, you know, like, oh, you forgot your mask. You know, it's going to happen. Do I think it's necessary? No. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, the whole, the whole, why, then why were people trying to still make content during the pandemic at, at all at my, you know, that's what I'm thinking, but, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I'm off base here. Well, you were mentioning that about the commercial. Oh my gosh, there's nobody wearing masks in this commercial. Can we use this now? Mm-hmm. And I, for me, it's a little bit, okay. I, first of all, I'm not a fan of the commercials with the mask. When I saw no. the H-E-B, HEB commercial, where they were wearing masks, all it did was creep me out. It didn't make me feel like, <laughs> like, let me go down to HEB and buy some salad or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, because people people love to connect. Oh, we lost him. Oh, we lost Reed. We lost Reed. Reed uh, said he's, he's back. back. He's back. He had to scratch himself when he was trying to. <laughs> unlike, Ju- unlike Justin that just does it. I just right. Right, right on camera, he decided. That is like uh, that is honestly the I know it's bad. That is a bad camera angle. God, I probably I've done that probably five times up until the point I noticed myself. And I'm like, oh God, this is awful. Um, no, you know people love to connect with other people's faces <laughs> or crotches. <laughs> Look like an ape. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, yeah, I, I don't think I ever saw that H E B commercial, but yeah, it would definitely creep me out if I saw that. Oh, know? the Disney the Disney World one too. That one was like because oh, they had the man. music play, it's a small world after and then Mickey oh. Mouse. That uh, was, how, the, was, how the hell can you hear him? <laughs> yeah, that's what the commercial was like. This is it depends on the show. I think it's overkill of every show is doing it, and not every show is gonna do it. I think if it's a of a show that's really real, real reality based in its in its storytelling, maybe you probably do it. Um, but then a show like a sitcom doesn't like the reboot of Saved by the Bell doesn't need to cover the pandemic. 
so no well and they can't they can't yeah they can't really do a, a reboot now since uh What's his name just passed? Dustin Diamond. Well, they, you know, they, they did a season of, of a Dustin Diamond less version of Say by the Bell on Peacock. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they, they explained his absence that he was working on a space as a scientist at a space center. <laughs> oh, okay. So they kind of redeemed how much shit that he was given when he was a kid. Can you imagine? Okay. So Dustin Diamond is a kid. Great. He made a TV show, but. Mm-hmm. I don't think he realized the stigma that was going to be on him for the rest yeah. of his life. Yeah. Cause like he never grew out of, out of screech, like never grew out of him. Yeah. Like Dustin diamond <laughs> was known for screech. And then he was known for his, like his fight in the bar and he got arrested. And then he did like a porno and who would watch shriek or screech in a porno. <laughs> uh, that poor guy, man. Oh, but uh, rested, rested peace to them. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. He had a tough. He had a tough uh, last stretch of his life. Uh, I know he had a lot of people that really cared about him and was really rooting for him. And he had seemed to be kind of finally turning the corner because he had gotten into some shit over a while, for a while. And then he was starting to turn, you know, turn the turn the corner. It seemed like, but um, then he had his health issues with cancer. So uh, rest in peace. Um, he did play one of the most known characters though in TV history because it's like the Urkel, the Screech. Uh, I mean, those are the the fawns we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are, I mean, they're in pop culture. They're ingrained in in the pop culture yeah, minds and minds. Okay, jump in the shark. Jump in the shark and fawns. <laughs> yeah, Henry Winkler, legend. Henry Winkler start. Right. I mean, that starts with Henry Winkler jumping the sh- uh, Henry Winkler jumping the shark. <laughs> <laughs> I think the show has jumped the shark. I think the show has jumped the shark. <laughs> we're gonna get. Are we, are we going for another record here? By the way, because I mean, I know. What? How long did we go? We went two hours when you were here. Three. Last time? We three. three. Oh my gosh, oh that's my Reed. God. That's Reed's fault. That's Reed's fault. Reed. Hey, you know, all the viewers are gonna be like, "Oh, can we can we stand these guys anymore?" I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm Justin, I had a, I had a qu- uh, question. Um, okay, one more. One more. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's getting late. <laughs> One more. Okay, go. No, you got, we got one more. You got one more. And then I'm cutting you off. Go, no, go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you said you could the, do one the more. The question I had was, okay, the way solar power, uh, solar panels are basically, um, I guess, distributed through different ind- independent companies, and you have to figure out what dealers is giving them out. Like Tesla's coming out with a solar panel too, and they seem to have a more confidence. They're doing pretty good. Do is the same way with the with the screens. Is the same way. It's like you have to make sure you're getting the right person, the right dealer, or the right distributor. That's what it. happens yeah. when these break down? Who the hell replaces? Like, if you buy these solar panels, you're stuck with them. Um. Yeah. So uh, that that was one of the things that I I went down in the rabbit hole on it was mm-hmm. like, oh, who the hell sells these things? Well, there's a lot of vendors. Wow. wow. A lot. Um. A lot more than you think. So. This technology is is no different than like uh, you know a football stadium scoreboard. Uh, oh, okay. okay, so it's um, the difference. Wow. The difference is what they call pixel pitch. So you have it's how far the pixels are spaced away from each other, right? So on a on a large ass football stadium scoreboard, the pixel pitch is probably like ten. So it's 10 millimeters between a pixel and a pixel. So it's, it's probably like this distance. Okay. Um, so it's, it's pretty big because it's, it's far away and your eyes can't 
uh, tell the difference between the pixels, right? There's no need for them to be close. The closer the pixels are together, the better, the higher the resolution could be on the panel. It just depends how many pixels they can they can throw in on a single panel. Now, the the panels that I have behind me are two point six, mm. and can you guys tell like yeah. the difference in the pixels? Yeah, it looks no. like it looks like like Amazing. Fallout Three, Fallout Four. Mm -hmm. Like you, well, yeah. the way it looks right here, you know, I'm not uh, like if I was wearing um, an Oculus Quest, that's what it looks like. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty yeah. good. So I mean, uh, you know, you'll. It takes a lot of experimenting with with cameras and lenses to find like the really the sweet spot. I would say, um, you know, when you have a longer lens and someone that's closer to the lens, and you have that really shallow depth of field, it will always sell wow. because you will never be able to tell, uh, you know, what is on, you know that the screen is a screen you just can't That's um, but when the the lens is let's say my camera is probably 10 feet from me right now so if i moved it back another 20 feet and i had a long lens on it well the the depth of field may be shallow but it compresses everything in space right so the wall would probably look like it's more right here so the focal range that it has would not only have me in focus, but it would have all the pixels in focus too. So then you'd really be able to tell. So that's one of the reasons why they, they built ILM stage to be as big as it is, because that way they have more room that they can play around in. Mm -hmm. And the actors can be, you know, 10 to 20 feet from the wall, which is considered the sweet spot when you have a volume, because that way from there on, you can't tell the difference between the pixels. Is, but, is there like is there also like atmosphere for it like like uh, dust, uh, mm. mice, mm -hmm. or droplets of water? The chain, the chain moving because uh, wind or is there, is there elements of movement in it too? Uh, absolutely, uh, like oh. Unreal. Yeah, uh, I have this other environment that I downloaded um, that uh, I think someone from Epic Games, like someone from Unreal, had made. And it's uh, it's just called City Park, and it, it oh technically looks like Central Park. It's got wow. like some of the design of it looks That's exactly cool. like Central Park. You could be on Mars. You can you put could. it on Mars. You could, and they have like oh a lot of. God. But what's cool about the City Park one is that uh, you know they have this this wind kind of that like moves the meshes, so like you see the leaves blowing and you see the the trees kind of swaying it's really cool but yeah you have you can have dust you know it's just particle systems right so you throw oh, a particle man. system in there with a um you know some sort of material which could be like a bird even right and Do you have sound can you put sound to it you can put uh sound in it as well so like unreal engine is an all-encompassing uh man. platform to to build environments. Um, Dude, you could totally do. Yeah. You could totally do DMT location. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God. I'll have to look into that a little bit more. I'll send you a link to, to my trip report. Yeah. Yeah, please. Carl oh, had another no. question, but this time for me and Reed for Steven or Reed, do, what do you think of the upcoming mortal Kombat reboot? Oh, you got to answer this really well because Carl 
is a fan. <laughs> so I would love to hear what you guys think. Well, for me, at first I was a little skeptical. I'll be honest with you because these movies don't tend to generally be hard to challenging to, to make, uh, meaning movies that came from a game originally that end up being a movie. I've though, what I've seen though, lately I'm actually turning my opinion around and I think it could be the exception to the rule. I actually am very excited for it now. I think it looks really good. I think it potentially could be, could be at least, uh, serviceable and, and pretty, pretty good. What do you think, Reed? You have any opinion on it? No. Okay. <laughs> I mostly focus on, you know, why, yeah, Reed, why Reed, does the universe exist? You know, consciousness. Reach checked out. Why do we have yeah, reality? Reed, since he got into his DMT you know, stuff, he's he's mystery he's of existence. Home. You know, those yeah. are the kind of things I where I work on. Those are the kind of things I focus on. Real I'm stuff. gonna I'm gonna do something on it. Talking to not- the gods, <laughs> figuring out the you know reason of life. Yeah, I've had a lot those, of people those ask are things me. I focus on. I think I think a lot of people. <laughs> I think a lot of people are very excited for it. I've had a lot of people message me on it about it, and they're they're talking about it. There's a lot of buzz. Uh, I'm going to do something on it in the not in the not too distant future. I'm, I want to do some sort of content, a video, or we'll do a stream on it or something. So, hey, if okay. anyone has any questions about you know the the goddess and how the Greek mysteries are connected to what ayahuasca, that, yeah, yeah, I, could, I can answer that question. Read your guy; he'll yeah. he'll he'll address it and. And uh, there, and if you want from the beginning uh, of time to now, four hundred thousand to if you, Homo erectus to Homo sapiens sapiens, you can ask me those kind of questions. It's real stuff. Yeah. And if you want leg scratches on camera, no. did I really? Did I really? There's, die? there's, a, guy over, there's a guy over there. Did I really yeah. die when I took DMT? Yes, Kurt, I did. Kurt, you know, Kurt things off. like that. Never Kurt off. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt off. Make a movie. Bust out the red camera. Make a movie. Kurt, Kurt, Kurt off. Never Kurt off. Kirchhoff, Kirchhoff, Kirchhoff. So look, you want to say jerk off? You know, that, that was definitely a nickname in high school. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, jerk off. Hey. Oh, what? Then after you get in a few fights, they don't call you that. <laughs> yeah, that's all, that's all it takes. Here. You show, you make one person. Well, anyway, yeah. That was it. I'll was show it. you how to jerk. I mean, I'll show you not how to call me jerk. <laughs> not. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> not, not right now. What? Not oh oh okay. <laughs> okay. On this, of course, I'm I, I'm always strategic about how I place my camera so I can do whatever I want from the waist mm-hmm. down. I and know. I, I, I went way mm-hmm. I went way too wide on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we looked too wide there, buddy. Let's just say it's a different show from the waist down. <laughs> different podcast. Okay. Okay, no, just that was that wasn't even funny. Okay, here, thoughts and advice. After three hundred and something days into the COVID, into the pandemic, I just don't give a fuck anymore. Okay, now I still wear I still wear a mask. I wear a face shield. I wear the hazmat suit. I wear the gloves. I bathe in Lysol before I leave the house and when I come home. But other day, I found myself going out. I mentioned this earlier. I teased it earlier. I found myself going out and out and about to run errands. With my mask on, covered in queso. And I just don't even care anymore. I How did that happen? How do you get queso on your mask, man? Was your boy? Was your kid? Did you drop it? Yeah, I think it was is possible. Well, queso is just it's, it's it's messy. It gets everywhere when you when I'm when it's me eating queso, I get queso everywhere. I get it on my <laughs> I've got queso on my underwear while I was fully clothed. How do you do that? 
I figured out a way to do that. How do you get queso on your underwear? Well, you you probably like dipped a chip, ate it, and then had a little scratch. It's possible. (laughs) It's possible. I mean, it's a little cheesy scratch. I don't know. I got to do this one more time. Yeah, yeah. Kirk, 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 off. Never Kirk off. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk off. Make a movie. Bust out the red camera. Make a movie. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk off. Never Kirk off. Kirk, Kirk, Kirk off. Kirk off. Kirk off. Okay. On that note. <laughs> no, go ahead. Now I was going to say, I think you just made that that song just to remind you how to say my name. Not, not, not <laughs> that that you, yeah. Not that you like, you got it and you're like, I have to celebrate. You were just like, I have to do this or I won't know how to say his name. No, it started that way. And that's where it started. You're right. And then it became a whole other thing because I was like, okay, this is kind of like, you know, like when you go on other, if you want a late night talk show, the band will play something for you. That's kind of related to the, the guest. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I had to, this is like, now I think going to become part of the show. I'm going to do a little jingle for all the guests that come on, like, and then play it, play them in with it. Oh, there you go. That's good. Well, I love it. And thank you. And yes, please send it to me because I, I would love it as my ringtone. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. If you're serious, I'll send it to you and I'll send you some I'm queso, totally covered, queso covered face mask. <laughs> um, oh, at least it's not the underwear. I'm okay. No, if it's face I'll spare you. I'll spare you that. <laughs> I'll spare you that. Reed Reed's getting the queso covered underwear though. <laughs> I'm poking your head. I'm poking, poking your head. Okay. All right. Uh it's such a pleasure, Justin, and so uh, much thank fun. You so much. Yeah. I had a great thank, time. Reed, always a pleasure, man. Happy to see your face. The legend. Thanks for the surprise, man. This was great. The legend, Reed Charles. Feed the Reed Charles. Back that, in the Thunderpop Dome. Yeah. Hell of an improvement. Wow. For After, both of you. For, yeah, for both of you. Feed the read. Feed the read. Feed the read. There it is. Okay. Everyone out there on this 141st episode, everyone out there, be safe. Have a great hour, second, day, month, millisecond, year, whatever. You have it. You have a good one. Uh, we're going to do the outro. And why do I always not have the outro ready when I need it? It's coming up. Here's the outro. Good night, everyone. Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.